Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and this is our first podcast since the strike slash lockout settled. Today is two days after St. Patrick's Day, that would make it March 19th. 2022 and happy days are here again the lighter side of baseball is back and we've got some light things now one of the lightest things is i'm broadcasting from beautiful oak brook illinois we will get this dropped that's the lingo in podcasting dropped in the next couple of days and you might hear a fan of on the lighter side of baseball right outside of my window and right outside of the recording studio a bit curious as to what's going on are two geese. You heard me, geese. Now, are they more aligned with the Toronto Blue Jays than with anybody else? I don't know. Do geese and Blue Jays like each other? They're both birds, I guess. I don't know. So they may be honking. I think it is the equivalent of rutting season for, I don't know if Geese have running season. Anyway, they're mating. They've paired off. The flock is gone. They left these two stragglers back to make some more, what I would term, annoying birds. In uh, you know, hopefully, uh, the mother won't give birth on the roof where she currently is because uh, the eggs would roll into our. Well, we don't have a gutter. I guess they'd uh, drop down onto the sidewalk, which wouldn't be pretty. So anyway, we're not going to give the play-by-play. I think they'll uh, go nest somewhere other than on the roof, although uh, I'm not sure. And uh, that is the lighter side of mating season for, I guess, Canadian geese, although do they really go to Canada anymore? And uh, will any of the players that aren't vaccinated be allowed to go to Canada this year? The answer right now is no. If you aren't vaccinated, Chris Bryant, you will not get to go to uh, play the Toronto Blue Jays, but good news, and maybe this influenced Chris's decision. He signed after the strike slash lockout with the Colorado Rockies. Now, any student of baseball would say, why did the Rockies do what they did and sign this guy for $170 million for six years? The same team that parted ways with Nolan Arenado, one of my favorites. Arenado is definitely top three third baseman. Bryant is not. And why get rid of uh, Nolan Arenado and get Chris Bryant? I don't know, but I'm happy for Chris. I'm happy for anybody. Now, he's a Scott Boris client, and we'll tell a little fun little historical perspective of Scott Boris vis-a-vis the leader of the Players Union. Uh, even though Tony Clark is supposedly the leader, and he looks quite distinguished. Uh, Make no mistake, up until the election day, Scott Boris was running everything. He was the one that was rejecting every offer the owners got into the MLBPA's possession until they voted. Major blunder on the part of the union to vote. Yeah, the rank and file. For the Players Association, this is historical. I don't think it's ever happened before. They basically told the executive committee and everybody that was the power to be at the uh, union, hey, thanks for all you did, but 
screw you guys. We're not gonna we're not gonna turn it down. Are you kidding me? We want to play baseball now. Obviously, the union uh, executive board, some of which are uh, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Francisco Lindor. These guys are Boris clients. Five of the eight guys on the executive committee are Scott Boris, we ain't signing guys. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about uh, the negotiations and the settlement, which ultimately saved 162 games. And everybody is being very careful to say, oh, there were no winners and losers. But untrue, baby, untrue. There were, there were a couple different winners, and then there were some losers. The biggest loser of all was Scott Boris because he no longer, at least, and he may go back and reevaluate his position, but he no longer controlled the show. Now, he controlled his five guys that were on the executive committee, the Max Scherzers of the world, who were just, they were on a different planet. And from the beginning, they seemed to be on a different planet. Uh, but what Boris and his minions didn't take into account was they were really doing a good job for the younger guys, which comprised about 75% of the major league players. So for the guys in the rookies, one-year, two-year, short-of-arbitration guys, once the, once the union, and the union came up with, you know, Boris and, and Scherzer, they came up with this comical, I mean comical charade that they wanted to help the younger players. They wanted to do this for the guys that still weren't playing yet. Do this for the Dominicans. Do this for the Puerto Ricans. Do this for, like, like the guys in front of them did it for them. Like the Kurt Floods of the world and the Measure Schmitz of the world and on and on and on and on and on. Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons and all these guys that really fought the battle that needed to be fought. This battle this year needed to be fought, and the owners were willing to put up a fight and get on with it. And in my opinion, the biggest winner, the biggest loser was Boris. Because you can't call sure. Now, did Boris really lose? I mean, he probably made a billion dollars off of the contracts that these five guys just signed you know, between Lindor and Scherzer and Cole and on and on and on. Nobody's crying at the bank for old for Scott Boris. You know, am I envious? Yeah. I'd never get those guys that much money because I'm more of a pragmatic guy. I'm more like the rank-and-file guys that said, hey, you know, we did pretty good. Let's see how it goes over the next five years. And in 2027... Uh, we'll check out how the history is proven to be with the owners and see if we can't work out some deals before there's a lockout. So the biggest winners were the fans because the lockout didn't lose one game, okay? Now, they pushed the season back, and this might be a good uh, illustration to Major League Baseball that you can start the season uh, at the end of the first week of April and still have your World Series. What did they do to get to that point to have the World Series in October? They eliminated the game number 163. In other words, if there's a tie for some reason between somebody and somebody else for a spot 
that is really the game is played because of the uh, seeding of the playoffs, then they're not going to do that anymore. It'll be determined by, you know, different formula. Who won against each other, who won in their league more, da-da-da-da-da. They'll figure it out like football does. And so the fans are the biggest winner in that regard because we're going to get a full season and we're going to get a full playoff and the playoffs are going to happen sometime before it snows in Detroit. Will Detroit be in it? I don't know. Who will be in it? I don't know. But there will be 12 teams this year. That's two more than they've had in the past. And they've got some goofy formulas about how that'll be seeded and who's going to play and who's going to get a bye. But basically, you got the three division winners, and then you have three other basically wild cards that'll go to the three highest percentage teams in each league, National League and American League. And so that's good. Um, the players not only said, oh, we need to help the young guys, which the owners, the owners basically said, every gripe you guys have that we can slam dunk you on will do. So, the, and so you can guess who I think the next big winner was in the negotiations. Uh, you got the fans. You got the owners, and now you got the younger players. The rank and file in the union are the guys that did great. Number one, they'd play for free. They haven't been infected by Boris. They haven't been infected by Scherzer and Miller and Arenado and all these guys that, like, you know, if you don't like it, go buy a baseball club. You guys all have enough money. These guys are taking the risk. Now, am I... A big believer that oh the poor owners they were getting no, they they have got so many new avenues and they're laughing all the way to the bank on this deal, you know that they won they just are smart enough not to claim victory, and so the uh, players the executive committee Scherzer basically and Miller, well we need to improve the minimum salary because it's five hundred and fifty grand and we're behind the NHL and the NBA and NFL. And oh, by the way, all three of those little organizations have a hard cap. So when the players said we need to get the younger guys paid more, the owners must have listened to this podcast on the lighter side of baseball. And I'll ask Reinsdorf about it. They, they're free to steal my idea, uh, even though it laid an egg. They offered the owners being they, they offered to have a $100 million minimum. In other words, what I've been saying, close to what I've been saying, what I've been saying is every team should be penalized if they don't have a payroll that's within 10% of the average major league salary payroll. So the average payroll is give or take a million, $120 million. So the penalty under my pro program would be that if you're below 108 million you pay another I don't know whatever the penalty would be another 12 million and that would incentivize them to get up to within 10% of the payroll salary average for the year before simple that that would get Tampa Bay into the um, uh, 22nd 
you know, the 20th, 21st century, you'll get all these teams moving up. The Orioles, the Tigers, the Twins, the Royals, da-da-da-da-da-da. Get them all over 110. And I would think the Union would have loved that. But in exchange for that, and there's always an exchange in negotiations. The owners wanted a hard cap. No, no, no. Scott Boris doesn't want a hard cap, man. That's going to hurt his great-great-great-great-grandkids. Oh, man. We don't want a hard cap. That will, that will kill us. Look at how, what, oh, wait, the NBA's really thrived with that hard cap. The NHL, which was on the brink of extinction 10 years ago, they had a strike. They hated Betterman. And oh, by and large, now it's an, an incredibly healthy. Uh, and the NFL, we all know what that hard cap does. Oh, yeah. There's ways around it. We can, we can do certain things like, um, like the Mets. They're paying um, Bobby Benilla for another 25 years. The dude structured his salary way out. And that's smart. He should have. So should a lot of other guys. Anyway, so you've got the league owners winning this deal. And you say, well, you know, they gave up a lot. They did. But they had a lot more in their little bag of tricks. And luckily for the fans... And luckily for the rank and file in the uh, union, they didn't have to play them out. But let me tell you what, every time the union came up with a new thing, the owners came up with a new thing and agreed to the old thing that the union just came up with. It was masterful. I mean, it was like, wait a minute, you gave us what we asked for? Well, we want to ask for more. That just happened with the, the CBT, which was stupid. The... Um, Competitive balance tax. Give me a break. As I said in my last podcast, there were only two teams that went over the CBT in 2021, and there were 16 teams that weren't $100 million near the CBT. So don't tell me that the CBT is going to help. What is cool, though, it went up about, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 million. So that'll, that'll help the Red Sox, that'll help the Yankees, that'll help the Mets. Now, it would have helped the Cubs, but, you know, can Ricketts be any more unsavory? I mean, really, he comes across as this bumpkin from Omaha who's one of the richest people on the planet. And, you know, he takes his orders from Daddy Ricketts, who started uh, Ameritrade, or the uh, company that preceded Ameritrade. And so he's got Baby Ricketts, that's Tom. Then he's got Governor Ricketts, and he's got the daughter Ricketts, and then there's one other guy. And so the four or five of them are just like kicking ass. I mean, they're just, they own Wrigleyville. Uh, now they're going to own a sports book. Now they're going to own streaming rights, which I'll get back to the streaming rights deal because that was pretty funny. You know, and it's not like the, it was like, oh boy, the owners really stepped in at this time. No, they didn't. The owners, the owners, they knew every frigging move and why they made it, as opposed to Tony Clark and Scherzer and Boris, who really didn't know what they were doing. And they had been so embarrassed in 2016 that they weren't going to take a deal, and the owners knew that for a while, so they danced around until whenever they could stop dancing. Ricketts, who said he's lost biblical proportions of money, whatever that is. How much money did they have in biblical times? What are biblical times? I mean, 
Is there, are we now not in biblical times? Nobody, I mean, I'm not a student of the Bible, but I mean, we still have it, right? Still the number one selling book on the, uh, on the uh, Amazon chart, right? And, and in second place is anything about Abe Lincoln. But you've got biblical proportion losses, whatever that means, which I take it means a lot of money he lost. And then there's the latest thing. This is hilarious. George Steinbrenner did this. And so Rick said, so what the hell? He's trying to buy the Premier League soccer team, Chelsea. And you say, why in the world would he do that when he cried poverty? Wouldn't sign Chris Bryant, wouldn't sign Rizzo, wouldn't sign Baez, wouldn't sign Castellanos, won't sign... Uh, Wilson Contreras. He didn't sign Darv. He wanted to get rid of Darvish. He got rid of Schwarzer. He got rid of Marcinac. He got rid of, you name it. Um, the, the Cubs don't have a closer because Kimbrel's sitting over there going, well, I'll do whatever Tony wants me to do. As soon as Tony wakes up uh, and Jerry wakes up from their afternoon naps, I'll know what I'm supposed to do, but I'll pitch anywhere. Okay, Craig, thank you. You're going to be traded soon. Don't worry about it. But that was a nice line by Kimbrell. You know, I'm here for the team. Uh, even though the team doesn't want me, uh, I'll be happy to pitch anywhere. You know, just pay me. And uh, he's going to get paid. But uh, maybe the Cubs will pick him back up. They, they just signed David Robertson to be their closer. Oh, my God. Why don't you go back and get Dick Raditz, you know, from the Red Sox days? I mean, even... Kenley Jensen got jettisoned by the Dodgers, and he went to the, I guess the Braves. Man, they, they've got a, they've got a PR problem because they got rid of Freddie Freeman, which was stupid. Freddie signed a big deal with the Dodgers, so then the uh, uh, Braves go out and do a trade with the Oakland A's and get Matt Olson or Chapman or one of those studs or both. I mean, there's some crazy fun stuff. This is shuffle the deck. This is great. I mean, if you're a fan of uh, Russian roulette or roulette in just trading, trading and free agency, this is great. Owners got rid of the qualified offer, so there'll be better free agency next year. But these guys are, they're showing uh, why the owners are paying a lot of money, and they were, I guess, I'm not sure they were smart to wait till after the strike. Scherzer did all right. And the guys that signed before the strike. But now the big-name free agents have come off of the board. Um, Correa went with, I mean, what's with the American League Central Division? Wow. Correa to the Twins. What are the Twins doing? Uh, you know, maybe they can beat the White Sox. It sure won't be the Royals. And it sure won't be the, uh, the uh, Guardians. <laughs> Guardians. Now talk about funny. The Cleveland Guardians are on the field. The only goofier name is the uh, hockey team out in Seattle or wherever. I can't, I mean, guys look at me like I should know the name of these guys, but it's some superhero, I don't know. It's either a cartoon character or it's a um, mixed martial arts fighter. I don't know. One of those two. Uh, what do I know? I don't, I don't know anything about uh, superheroes or uh, mixed Martial Arts, MMA. I do know the initials or the acronym or whatever that is. Anyway, God, this is fun. So the um, the owners, man, I mean, the owners, 
it, you know, they weren't, th this was a virtuoso, virtuoso by the owners. I'm sorry, but, but it was. And you go, well, man, there's now an arbitration pool. That's good. There should be. Those good guys ought to get money um, quicker than three years. And they will. And, again, that arbitration has really helped uh, mid-range players get, uh, you know, seven, eight, ten million dollars. That Castellanos just, <laughs> God, dog. Here's an example of how the owners are loving this deal. Castellanos, who has bounced from Detroit to Chicago Cubs, and now Dave Dombrowski, the best GM, I don't care. I don't know who rated the top 10 GMs and left Dombrowski out. You got to be, it's MLB Network, full of morons. Not all, but a lot. Dombrowski, Castellanos, Philadelphia, five years, $100 million. Twenty. He's getting more than Chris Bryant. He's getting right up there with Chris, with, I mean, more than Rizzo. He's getting up there with Chris Bryant money. He's getting up there with Freddie Freeman money. He's getting up there with Nolan Arenado. I mean... Castellanos, Schwarber, the same thing. He, they're the only two Cubs that, that teamed up together, and uh, it's only because they're only on the team for maybe a year. So Dombrowski goes out and says, "You know, we need a DH. Now that we got DH, let's get two. Let's get. We can rotate Castellanos and Schwarber. One's a righty, one's a lefty. It's a great deal." That's a perfect deal, and Dombrowski is a wizard to do that. And I put the Phillies above the Mets in, uh, you know, my order for winning the National League East, which we'll do in another podcast when we get Craig and we'll have our annual predictions and we'll see who uh, comes out ahead. I'm sure I came out ahead last year because it's my show and I can say that. Um, and I do have the final ballot in my little podcast briefcase. I'll get it out sometime, see how we really did. Anyway... Back to the uh, owners streaming, and while the negotiations are going on and on and on, and the owners pretty much keep matching whatever the players wanted, the owners said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that, but we'll do this, but. And then all of a sudden, Apple has their annual meeting that's open to the public, and they, they announce in the middle of negotiations that... Apple Plus will air a doubleheader every week. And that Apple Plus, Peacock, and maybe TNT. Somebody came up with a package that will put an additional... This doesn't have anything to do with ESPN. doesn't have anything to do with Fox. An additional $65 million per team. $65 million per team. And we're talking billions of dollars. So all of a sudden, the owners say, okay, we'll kick another $10 million for the CBT. Well, no kidding. And that's what they did. I mean, the owners acted like, oh, we can't do that. We're going to put a deadline on. If we don't have a deal today, we don't have a deal. And that day came and went. If we don't have a deal today, da-da-da-da-da. That, that deadline came and went. And finally, they got to a deadline where... Everybody agreed was the deadline, and 
So you had something unbelievable happen. Yeah, this is totally, totally cool. Again, these guys are on both sides. They're all getting a ton of money. And the younger guys would play for free, as I said. So now they're getting 700 and that's going to go up to 790 over the course of these uh, the five-year player agreement. And so, voila, you have the young guys happy. They got $40 million in the arbitration pool. The CBT went up, which nobody really cared about. I guarantee nobody cared about it except Boris. And the union leaders, as I said, Lindor, Garrett Cole, Scherzer, Miller, they voted eight to nothing to reject, for the 55th time, reject the contract offer from the owners. Same old song and dance. Man, you know, they locked us out. They shouldn't have done it. They threw down the gauntlet. Locking us out. Then they didn't talk to us for three months, those nasty little dudes. And... Golly gee whiz, we couldn't talk to our manager, get into our spring training, and boom. So Scherzer calls Boris, bad deal. Turn it down, man. Tell Miller to turn it down. Tell Garrett Cole to turn it down. Tell Frankie Lindor to turn it down. Turn it down, turn it down. Not going to take it. Bad deal, bad deal, bad deal. And go pull the uh, player reps. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, as uh, they said on Amos and Andy, hmm, they're uh, unbelievable. No, I'm not going to launch into my Amos and Andy routine. Um, some people might think that was politically incorrect right now. So I won't, even though I watched a lot of TV, man. Back when I was growing up, great TV. Not, a di not only did you have Jack Brickhouse doing the Cubs and the White Sox, and by the way, the broadcast of The Catch, uh, the baseball version of The Catch, which occurred before the Dwight Clark version of The Catch, when Willie Mays went back and robbed Vic Power of a home of a extra base triple run scoring da 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 with the over the head catch heard around the world. Another shot heard around the world was other than Bill Mazeroski, but Willie Mays made the catch. Jack Brickhouse did that, but there were other TV shows, and I watched every one of them. The Real McCoys. Uh, Sky King, Howdy Doody, Captain King, you name it, man. I was a, uh, it's hard to believe I was such a great baseball player with all the TV I watched. Okay, okay, I wasn't a great baseball player. But anyway, my favorite thing about the podcasts are that I can just totally digress. So I have totally digressed, but this is fun because we finally have stuff to talk about. So we're going to take a break, but before we do, let me just recap the deal if I could, because some of you guys are out there going, well, what's the deal? Well, uh, the number one thing that's most important to us is we don't watch the pitcher try to punt uh, in the National League anymore. Gone. Okay? DH. So that creates some more jobs. They have put a limit of 13 on the number of pitchers one can have on their 26-man roster. Half the pitching and the rest of the team is like, you know, other guys. No lost games, <clears throat> shorten the spring training, five years of uh, player peace, no rule changes other than the DH yet, but they are putting together a group to hug, kiss, and come up with a way to improve the game. 
specifically it gives the Major League Baseball uh, with 45-day notice the ability to change any rule they want to change without having to get the blessing of the union. And they're going to have uh, the ability to do that, but they're going to have some guys on the – they're going to have some players, they're going to have an umpire, and they're going to have a pitch clock, which I understand is going to be about 13 seconds with nobody on base and 20 seconds with a guy on base and uh, limited opportunities to restart the clock. That's going to be tried in the minor leagues in AAA this year. They're going to have a they're going to have a uh, uh, automated umpire, which I don't like, in in some of the minor league parks. They're going to require all infielders to have their feet on the dirt and two on second, right side, two on the left side of second base. That's good. Uh, they're going to have patches, another source of revenue, for you know you got the naming rights now you got patches so, you know. You're going to have the Chicago White Sox with a, uh, and this will be ironic if, if uh, uh, Bet Rivers, which is a casino in Illinois, or one of the casinos puts a patch on their team because they'll say it ain't so, Joe. Put Joe into the Hall of Fame uh, if you're going to have patches on the uniforms with these betting. FanDuel. Get, you know, don't you love these advertisements? Take the parlay. You get $500 in credit. Da-da-da-da-da. 20 different ways to win uh, your life's fortune. And if you know anybody with a gambling problem, it's like a cocaine dealer saying, hey, look, buy 100 ounces from me, and I'll give you the number of a rehab guy if you want them. I mean, give me a break. Dial 1-800-BETS-OFF. Dial 1-800-GAMBLING. That's the Illinois number. What a joke. I mean, I mean... So there's a stream, and uh, the streaming's a stream, and the Cubs are the Cubs who couldn't pay Chris Bryant, couldn't pay Baez, stupid. Out of all those, here are the top three that the Cubs should have signed: Baez in a heartbeat, uh, Schwarber in a heartbeat, and Wilson Contreras in a heartbeat. Boom, that's it. You know, if you want to be nice to Rizzo, you can. He had taken. He turned down $16 million a year from the Cubs, and he took it from the Yankees. Go figure. You know? Um, got me. Maybe he's loyal to Theo. Uh, uh, you got patches. You got streaming. Uh, to sort of stop tanking, the, um, the worst number 30 team through 25, that's six teams, will go into a lottery. The worst team will be weighted, like in the NBA. And they'll get the first pick. Now in baseball, you know, first pick is the first pick. It's not always a, it's not always a slam dunk. But they got a lottery. That's good. They got gaming. That's good. The collective bargaining. I mean, the competitive balance tax is a joke. Again, uh, you can go right up to it. It's like an 80 mile an hour speed limit. You can drive 79 and never have a problem. You can really drive 85 and not have a problem either. But anyway, so they got the CBT. Great. And uh, the international draft needed to be changed. And at the end, while the players were jacking around on the arbitration pool and not realizing that their younger guys are going to salivate over all this, the uh, Major League Baseball says, oh, two more things. Now, this is after four months of being locked up. Two more things. Number one, we need an international draft. We can't have all the abuses that go with, uh, you know, 14-year-old kids getting taken out of school 
four million dollars, of which three million six hundred goes to their agent slash trainer. Can't do it. Not going to do it. Uh, we're going to have a draft. And uh, oh, by the way, you guys need to uh, uh, drop any and all litigation that is targeting the uh, qualified offer rule. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. We don't want it, uh, Chris Bryant. We don't want any of your or you. We don't want your belly aching. You cannot sue Major League Baseball. Boom. So, uh, they all go, okay, okay, okay. Let's go. The young guys go, man, we just went from five, 570 to 700. Bam. Nice raise. Six months of playing a game that we want to play. Nice. Real nice. And if I happen to win Rookie of the Year, I get money. And I get an extra year of uh, service time. Or if I win Cy Young, I get money. If I win MVP, if I'm a young kid, if uh, Fernando Tatis uh, would have had this deal, he'd have made some money by you know finishing uh, in the MVP voting in his second year. Now, it doesn't matter if they signed you to a new contract or they didn't. Now, we know that the San Diego Padres couldn't live without... Tatis, so they signed him to a hundred-year deal, and uh, the first full season, I got he was out half the year last year. He gets hurt all the time, and lo and behold, here we are, 2022, ready for Tatis to have a full year under his belt. Wrong, oh, he breaks his wrist. He's out three months. You know, that's for baseball. They they pay these guys. They don't cut them. That happens in football. See you later, buddy. Thanks. Nice. Hope you enjoy your bonus. Boom. So anyway, those things are the significant parts. And we have opening day coming up soon. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what's going on in baseball with the trades. And uh, then I'm going to do something different, a little different. I'll tell you when we get back. Let's take a break and... Uh, Tyler, we're going to have a little good music here, and then we'll be back in a flash. And uh, back we are on the lighter side of baseball, brought to you by yours truly, because I still don't have a friggin' sponsor. Best show ever. I get inquiries from different countries, you know? It's weird. I get inquiries from the last inquiry to take our show public and to get, well, it is public, but to get, you know, some sponsors, bring in a little money, have a little fun. Uh, Sweden. Sweden's begging for the rights to this show. <laughs> so... Uh, never fear, we're not going to Sweden. Now, if Sweden would offer to fly me over there, I'd probably go, um, as long as we didn't go over airspace that the Russians are invading. Anyway, that's a whole different political thing that we try to stay away from. Um, opening day, April 7th. I'll be there at Wrigley, 120. It's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, I'm sure the sun will be shining, the sky will be blue. Uh, because why else wouldn't it, in deference to this uh, Major League Baseball getting getting back on track? Cubs play the Brewers 
And, uh, and then a week later, the Cubs are out of town. The Royals are in town for Jackie Robinson Day on uh, April 15th. And that's an exciting day. The, the owners, there's no way they were going to have be on strike for Jackie Robinson Day. I, I don't think, um, you know, during the pandemic they did Jackie Robinson Day, which is a tribute to uh, Jackie for breaking the color barrier, as you know, and everybody wears number 42 in honor of Jackie. It's very cool. Very cool. They should have Larry Doby Day. They should have a Minnie Minoso Day. They should have a Roberto Clemente Day. Uh, but they don't. But the, the Jackie Robinson Day is cool. They, they, they might have a Clemente Day. I don't know. Now, Larry Doby kind of got screwed. Um, you know, he was the first African-American in the American League. And um, Jackie, the first period. And uh, followed by Campanella and Newcomb and all those guys. And then uh, Buck O'Neill, who uh, was the first African-American coach for the Chicago Cubs. First African-American coach in uh, Major League Baseball. Very cool. Very cool. So where are we? We have opening day. We have no pitch clock. So we're going to have four-hour games. I mean, that's just is. So 5.20 on April 7th. Uh, jump on the red line and head downtown for a cold one at uh, in Old Town. I mean, the VIG, uh, the VIG named for what uh, the juice used to be called in uh, when gambling was illegal. Uh, you would pay the VIG, which was the juice, which was what the uh, book made for making the bet. So if there's a $200 win for you, the VIG is 10%. You just pay the VIG of the house 20 bucks, right? 10%, 200 bucks. I think the mouse, right? Anyway, that's fun. And now all you have to do is call FanDuel or Bet Rivers. You don't even have to call. In Illinois, as with 18 other states, you can sit in your living room, watch the game, watch any game. You can, you can uh, prop bets going all day. You can watch the NCAA tournament, which is currently going on, and uh, bet on the second half, bet on the last 10 minutes, bet on anything. Holy moly. I mean... Pete Rose would be, he, he, he couldn't keep up. You know, he'd be going to the clubhouse every minute to make a call or to get his, uh, his phone working to whatever they have in uh, Ohio. Anyway, sorry, Pete. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and so does Joe Jackson. So, I mean, it's, it's clear now with all this, uh, all this gambling going on. So, anyway... There's still a lot of trades to be made. There's still a lot of uh, uh, free agents out there. And the Cubs are, you know, signing a bunch of what I would call fourth-tier guys. Jesse Chavez, he's going to be their big secret weapon. 38-year-old relief pitcher that they had two years ago that was good. I'm telling you, Sammy Solis, come back. He's pitching in Mexico. You know, another guy that's pitching in Mexico a Cubs pitcher and a pod, and a Brewer guy, Jeremy Jeffress, just signed the biggest contract of anybody ever in the uh, Mexican League. He is playing for the Mexico City Diablos, which, you know, I took Spanish for six years, and I can tell you that Diablo is related to the devil, okay? Uh, it is the devil, Diablos. The Devils. 
Now, did I learn that in my six years of Spanish? No. I learned it because my high school mascot was, and still is, the Hinsdale Red Devils. And the yearbook was El Diablo, or translated in English, The Devil. Now, I see that my fans who are watching this podcast for free have taken to the cul-de-sac and are just strolling around, maybe the dumbest animal to inhabit the planet. And they're just kind of out for, I guess, how dumb are they? They're having a great day. They're just wandering around. They have uh, left the proximity of on the lighter side of baseball. And so they can't be making noise to bother uh, this podcast. They've gone away. Okay. So we promised. Now, this idea is going to get better and better, but I don't have uh, my boxes and boxes and boxes of wax packs. Now, first, what is a wax pack? Baseball cards come in a lot of different ways, and they have, you know, managed to change up over the years. But one thing that hasn't changed, well, it has changed. But way back in the uh, late 40s and early 50s, baseball cards came in a wax package that contained, you know, tops originally maybe eight players' cards with a stick of bubblegum. Brilliant, because the bubblegum was very, very good. And so uh, you'd open it, and you would get your cards and your bubblegum, and you would then have uh, to figure out what to do with your cards. Some people put them in a bike, others didn't. So anyway, fast forward. It's getting kind of boring as I describe the world of baseball cards. So let's fast forward to 2022 because I don't have all my baseball cards. And, and a friend of mine clued me into a guy that, that uh, does something similar. I think I've talked about it a little bit with my 53 cards. But here, I, I got a box of uh, wax pack. And so the wax pack boxes have like 20 packs of cards. And each card has, it's varied, through, it's different through the years. But this says it's Series 1, it has 14 cards, and uh, it's from 2022. And it's got Shohei Atani pitching and Shohei Atani batting on the cover, okay? Now, typically, um, and this box was about 140 bucks, so back in the day, they were 10, and the day wasn't very far away. So they've gone from 10 to now it's 120. And so typically, I would leave the box in its integrity, don't disturb it, collect it, and 50 years later, you open it up and you go, oh, wow, it's, 19, it's 2072, and uh, let's look and see what happened in 2022. But the odds are, since I'm pushing 72 here in a few days, a few months, a few weeks, that uh, you know, 2072 may not be in my immediate plans so, or any plans. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to take a flyer. I'm going to open this up. I'm going to put on my glasses. And we're going to go through a few of these guys. Um, and it'll be more fun as we go through the year 
to take older packs and talk about, you know, Marv Throneberry or um, Stu Miller or Early Win, the older guys. But, but here we go. I'm going to open my first pack of baseball cards of 2022. This is exciting. And it's easy now because they come in. It's not wax. They call them wax packs, but I'm here to tell you, this is a, more like cellophane. And you don't want to hurt the card because all these grading guys love to say, oh, that card's not a 10. Well, I don't know what wouldn't be a 10 um, now as I'm taking this carefully out of its container. And oh, this is dramatic on air. And the, now we're going to play. There's 14 cards. And I'm fairly knowledgeable with my baseball, and I've kept up to date a little bit. Now, this next guy I've heard of, but I don't really know um, much about him. And I will say that the only reason I think I've heard of him is I think he just signed. I dropped a card with a new team. And so... His name is Martin Perez, and lo and behold, this guy has played Major League Baseball um, since 2012 with the Rangers and the Red Sox, and uh, I don't know much about him, so this card looks perfect. That's a, that's a mint 10, and I'm just going to leave it right there and not say any more about him because I don't get that excited about the guy. The next guy I have never heard of, and his name is Mitch Keller, and this guy has played for seven or eight years and got a cup of coffee with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's probably going to be a star for the Pirates this year because they suck. He's probably a starting pitcher. So that's two of the 14, and I'd say that the combined value so far is zero. So this box cost me 120 bucks, and so far... I've got zero. If we come to a guy that I've heard of and that I think might have some value, uh, we'll take a break, and then I'll, I'll key him up on my computer and see what he's worth. Now, this next card, uh, it says it's a slugger reunion. And to me, the reunion seems to be uh, one guy has got to be Vladimir Guerrero, and uh, the other guy, um, you know, it's embarrassing, but they don't name these guys. And I got to tell you, I know that's Vlad Guerrero, uh, two of the brightest stars catching up, and then it doesn't say who they are. Huh. Man. Okay. So I got mud on my face there. Sorry, folks. I'll figure it out. Not right now. The next card is Freddie Galvis. Now, Freddie's an up-and-coming star, but I wouldn't say he's worth a nickel. Uh, Mitch Moreland, I guarantee he's not worth a nickel, although I've heard of him. Uh, Yasmani Grandel, I can't stand him, so he's not worth a nickel to me. But these cards are, they're, they're the tops, Series A, they're pretty good. The uh, position in the lower right-hand corner of the card is kind of, kind of um, out of focus. I don't like that. 
Uh, Brandon Crawford, you know, is with the Giants. He's okay. You know, we've heard of him. He had a productive deal. Eduardo Rodriguez, eh, you know, not really that big of a deal. Um, Archie Bradley, relief pitcher with the beard, he sucks. I don't, that's no money. Now, they throw in, they throw in a throwback card, okay? Now, I don't know if this has any value or not, but it says that each of these boxes, and maybe every, um, every little wax pack, says, look for an autograph or a relic card in every hobby box. So maybe this is my relic card. It's in pretty good shape. It is a 1994 baseball card, and they were pretty cool. They had a little wood background. And it's got a little stamp in the left-hand corner, which looks official. And I'm excited about this one because, I mean, if this is the only one of the, of the box, um, it's uh, a gentleman who played his entire career in one city, so it's either Tony Gwynn, Robin Yon, or George Brett. He played third base, first base, and did a little DH. And he came close to hitting 400 in one year, and that would be none other than George Brett. That's a big-time card, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do a little research. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to check the value of that card. Okay, we're back after our review. Buck 63, give me a friggin' break. It's not valuable, it's not anything. It's just an old George Brett card. The original Brett card's probably worth a lot. Uh, then you got more Toronto Blue Jay heroes, Dante Bichette, Simeon, and uh, Vladdy. That's, I don't think that's worth anything. You got Trevor Story, that might be good someday, but I doubt it. Josh Reddick and Brett Gardner. So all in all, that pack sucked. <laughs> uh, you know, that's it. That, that's it. Let's open one more just because I'm, I'm uh, addicted to opening baseball card packages in search of something that's better than that, okay? Better than a buck 63. You know, we need a Mike Trout or we need, we need some. All right, I'm going to dig down, go a little bit into the box, and pick out one more, and then we'll wrap up the show because this is probably only interesting to me. So I'm breaking open again this cellophane little wrapper, trying not to damage anything because I'm expecting a mint card that's going to be very rare, very rare. And uh, the first one on top of the package is uh, Josh Donaldson. Now, Josh Donaldson just signed a brand-new contract with... I think the Yankees. I am not positive, but Donaldson just signed a big deal with a new team, and that's good. So I'm going to put Josh. That's a good one. I'll put Josh Donaldson there. I don't like him, but that's a pretty good one. Uh, Connor Wong. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was Wong to open that because I've never heard of that guy, nor do I want to. Freddie Freeman. Now, you know, again, let's just see. Here's Freddie Freeman. It's a mint condition, and um, I'm going to one more hold, and we'll say we'll tell you what Freddie's worth. Okay, we're back. Freddie Freeman, 
Now, Freddie Freeman, this card is mint. I'm telling you what, this card is nice. I'm going to save that card, and you know what that's going for? 149 bucks. So I've, I've, I've gone over my investment. Okay, now, I said that was the last one, but I just see the next card. I'm going to put you on hold and come back and tell you what Fernando Tatis is worth. Okay, he's supposedly worth 18 bucks. I don't know. They have so many different little things on. I mean, they'll, they'll stick something special on a card, and that'll be the next one. Christian Valdez, we don't know. Here's Bryce Harper. Now, again, he's the last guy. Let's check out Bryce Harper, because every now and then he's worth something. Okay, that was it. He's worth 25 bucks. So, you know, we're that's just uh, one pack. Then we've got uh, some... Mazika, never heard of. Severino, I've heard of, but who cares? The Houston Astros celebrating. The San Diego Padres celebrating. The Tampa Bay Rays celebrating. The White Sox celebrating. And the A's celebration cards. I don't get it. They're not very exciting to me. So there you have it. Just a little bit of uh, what you get if you're a nut like me in this stupid hobby of collecting baseball cards. I'm going to... Um, stick those four cards in, uh, in a good place and uh, see what happens. So anyway, what are we doing? We've got three weeks of spring training, and then we have opening day. We have uh, a number of players that still aren't signed that will get signed. That'll be fun. We have uh, baseball cards to uh, look through, and we have uh, opening day. Now, let's, we're going to review next time the Cubs, the Royals, the White Sox, and uh, the Padres in depth, but I'm going to give it a week or two so that we know who is really on that team, okay? Because the uh, Padres just added uh, a stud for spaceman, and I can't remember who it is. I'll find out. Uh, but what are they going to do with Hosmer? Do I remember? Do I remember? No, I don't remember, but he's a stud. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's it, man. I mean, this is fun. We've got baseball back. Not going to get all negative because of the strike. You heard all that. Strike's over. And uh, we are back in business till uh, for at least five more years. Will the podcast be going in another five years? Mm, doubtful. But it'll go this year. And uh, we will try to uh, podcast at least once a week or once every 10 days and uh, talk a little bit about who's off to a good start, who's not, and who's hot and who's not. Then the other issue, which will be for another day, is at the trading deadline, will teams still try to dump their do-the-cup dump like uh, Ricketts? I don't know. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it. Go watch uh, your brackets in the NCAA tournament. I've still got KU in it. Still, Illinois doesn't deserve to be in it. Oh, my God. That was a horrible game. Horrible game. Uh, the Packers traded Avante, whatever his name is. He's gone. Uh, and so... The only the, the best receiver on the Packers would be me, and uh, they're down to nobody. So now, you know, will um, Aaron Rodgers get all pissed and retire, and then come back like the guy down in Tampa Bay, uh, number six pick for the uh, from the Michigan Wolverines, and um, you know who knows what's going to happen with uh, with his career, but he wants to come back for another year. And uh, whatever Brady wants, Brady gets. So, hey, man, this has been fun. 
we will check you out in about a week and uh, let you know on uh, where we are with analyzing some of these rosters. And I think for this year, it's baseball like last year. So I'm going to opening day, and I will test the beer, the dogs, and the uh, camaraderie at Wrigley, and hopefully I'll be able to keep score. So for Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple, iTunes, and uh, all the Swedish folks that are picking up my podcast, God love you. Keep it up. And uh, we will be back on the lighter side of baseball soon. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Thank you.